It's his first drive home of. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't like with the White Sox. They have gone to Spanish all the time, so I just don't even want to mention them. We were just passing the time until you joined in. Uh, you want to tweet out the link and then let yeah, us know. Yeah, let me do it again. All right, you tweeted it out. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to the Morale Clubhouse. Thanks for joining in. Uh, we're going to go over the new – I think the Cubs did something like this last year, gave everyone a little bit of uh, hope maybe to put by a World Series ticket, the new Chicago Dubbies of 2022. So, Fred, take us away uh, into this past week and your Four thoughts. Four Series wins. How about that? I know the Nationals are practically 40 games under 500 and are horrible but uh yeah it's it's fun to watch the cubs win uh it's fun to watch good performances justin Steele shoved uh was it last night yeah shoved last night um yeah a lot of good things are well i'm not gonna say you know all the good things are happening but we have some good things that are happening and i'm i'm just uh here to echo the ridiculous and insane optimism of the one person who put down a a bet for the Cubs to win a, you know, World Series in 2022. Granted, I, I it was definitely clickbait by whatever sportsbook put that out because it was. Yeah. I think there's no way they can legally take that bet for this year, so it has to be for next year that somebody put that. I, no, I can see someone doing it. I mean, the, whatever. There's 16 games back in the division. They have to be less than that in the wild card. Actually, probably more than that in the wild card. Um, yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, sometimes you do. Know. <laughs> sometimes you do know. No, I, I, I know. I'm being ridiculous. They, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. If someone really did place that bet, then you know, God bless them. But I will say that you know, unrelenting, insane, uh, you know, Homer optimism that I've often featured. Uh, is being replicated by other people, and I can appreciate that. I feel like it has, there was only one person it could have been, and it would have been you. But um, anyways, all right, we'll go through some of the topics. I think we need to touch on Justin Steele, who's been dealing since the All-Star break. Um, Prior to Loosedale, he's been dealing. He, yeah, no, he's sneaky become like a legit starty, starting pitcher in the big leagues, and that's hard to say. Um, you know, I know – I know I've been pumping him and Keegan um, for their good performances. It's another thing to do it like on a consistent basis and to do it on the run he's doing. And now like he's got his ERA and his, you know, peripheral numbers starting to get into like well above average range. His ERA is already above average right now, but he could have a few more starts and it's creeping down to a two nine, something like that, which is impressive. Um, Again, I've said it all year. He's been the best pitcher we've had all season. He's been the most consistent. That doesn't mean he's had, you know, fantastic starts every single time. I know we hit a little rough patch, but ever since the all-star break, ever since the end of June, he's been absolutely dealing uh, with, honestly, I, he, he's going to say differently, but with really like two pitches, it's a fastball. And then this like 
uh, slurve, slider, curveball. They all kind of look similar, but they all have different trajectories. He reminds me a lot of Rich Hill. He really does, especially Rich Hill, like at the back end of his career. I know Rich Hill's still pitching, but a guy who can get the fastball by you, Grant Justin throws harder than Rich Hill does, but a guy who can get the fastball by you because the breaking ball is so good and he can kind of rely on two pitches and two angles to get people off balance and obviously miss bats. No one hits home runs off of, and uh, no one even hits extra bases off of. Uh, And it's been very, very impressive. And again, we need starting pitching. If the Cubs are going to be good again, if the Cubs are going to try to compete, if the Cubs are going to try to compete in 2023, it comes down to starting pitching. I feel like these once a week clubhouses also kind of throw you off in in terms of what we haven't talked about yet. But uh, what is seen in Iowa? We haven't talked about Iowa. It looked like a perfect scene for Sosa to emerge from the cornfield with that feel of tank. Yeah, Iowa seemed to be a great time. Um, I'm probably going to miss a few things. The first thing I think about with Iowa, and I know a lot of people here would appreciate it, is that Frank wasn't able to see the the work. Uh, he wasn't able to see the, the fruit of his labor in terms of that um, commercially made uh, month or weeks prior. I mean, the fact that Frank went out and was in that commercial and gave his best, uh, his best actor, acting performance he could and wasn't even on the roster in the end to, to watch the – to watch the game uh, is something when he was literally on the commercial in the first place, because the Cubs were like, yeah, all right, he, he'll be safe. He'll be on the roster for when the time comes and he's in Iowa watching the game and probably, you know, uh, a two-star hotel in Des Moines and just, you know, grinding it in AAA right now. I feel for the guy that doesn't mean he probably doesn't deserve to be there, but still that's the first thing that comes to my mind when, when you're talking about that game. That guy just wears punches. For the I know, cops. dude. He really does. He really. It's why, the middle seat. The guy who's supposed to come know, in after literally, Rizzo. Literally, he's the punching bag for that. Yes, I know. He has been a punching bag. Let's not forget, he rode in the middle seat as a professional athlete across the country to San Diego after he was just sent down, and they're like, "All right, no, we actually need you." Uh, and then went on a little bit of a run there. He's had a tough year. Um, I was hoping he wasn't going to go on this this kind of rough stretch uh after especially you know the the end of the season he put together but you know what i'm a i'm a fan of frank i hope i wish frank the best i don't know if he really has a spot here anymore now his time might be over but if his lasting memory or his last you know um his last uh bit of uh production for this franchise was that commercial then i'll take it and that's one way to go out He's had he's had a wild roller coaster time as a Cub. God bless Frank Schwindel. I know he he's worn it for the Cubs. Literally, and yeah. treated him with the respect he deserves. Let's I think he'll be this is someone the guy we'll that remember. would go to Murphy's and go to all the bars after, and he's hanging out like all the other people. Let's not forget that that happened this year. Him hanging out at Murphy's. I know he did it last year as well, but he's just. He's been on a total roller coaster. He came into this year as starting first baseman of the Chicago Cubs, and I know Jed said this verbatim that Frank would be a big part of what the Chicago Cubs are going to do in 2022, and the guy isn't even on the roster by you know the middle of August or even July. It's something. Talking about uh, people being done wrong by the Cubs. Talk about that seventh inning stretch at oh my god in Iowa. 
So there's a rumor. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a rumor. I've been told by someone who uh, I trust. And I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'll just say it anyways, because it's been like a week now. Supposedly what happened, and people might know this story as well, or have heard this same story. Supposedly what had happened is that Fox spent over $400,000 to come up with that hologram of Harry Carey and limited their um, production budget so they could fit this 400 k into the budget for the Harry Carey hologram. And supposedly they were going to be like showing this hologram throughout the game to try to show that like Harry was in the booth the entire time to give it more of like a homey feel, I guess. And allegedly that morning they go out and look at the hologram or like the production team looks at the hologram because it was finally ready. And they saw that it was so bad that they saved it just for the seventh inning stretch. And yes, it was absolutely horrible. I can't believe that thing allegedly cost $400,000 to make and, you know, obviously show on TV. Absolutely insane. The carries should be in civil court right now, uh, suing for everything that Fox and whoever else was part of that production has because it was an absolute disgrace to their family. The fact that He's being dug up from the grave 20 years later to be seen as that. Whoever that person was is absolutely insane. If that happened to me, I would be livid. And I'm not even Harry Carey. I'm not even like an important person like Harry was to the, to the Cubs, obviously. What a scam that hologram Such company is to Fox. I mean, Fox got, you know I'm I mean, gonna Fox dig, should have I'm worn gonna, it a little, little better. On, I'm going to dig it up. I'm going to dig it up. I'm not giving away the person that told me this, but I know the person who told me this I do trust. Let me. I'm looking at it right now. The production company was a Croatian animation company who, who uh, got $400,000 to produce that hologram. Again, this is not set in stone, but I trust the person who told me this. And, uh, yeah, just a, a wild story. Wild turn of, a, a wild turn of events. Harry okay, I was, was going to blame it then on the hologram company, but then you just tell me the information about it being a Croatian hologram company yeah, back. It's Fo- Fox should not have wired $400,000 to this Croatian. That's a scam. And the, and the fact that again, allegedly they saw the final product the day of, and were expecting to show Harry in the booth, the entire game acting like he was calling the game, but said, no, this is so bad. We can only show it for the seventh inning stretch. You could probably sue for the lost sleep that all the kids had. Oh uh, my God. A lot of nightmares. A lot of nightmares. Yeah. Um, All right. Any other notes from, oh, how about, I mean, you know, it's not, no specific actions have been set, but at least a little bit of ownership from the ownership about how bad the Cubs have been. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff. I feel like, yeah, you're right, Adam. We we do this once a week and we forget about all the stuff that goes on. Um, it, You know what, really echoing what we've been talking you, about. You want to also recap what was said from Ricketts? Yeah, so Tom says, I'll be the first. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the direct quote, but he says, I'll be the first one <laughs> to say that this is not what Cubs fans deserve right the now. The first one. I'm, I'm the first one. He's literally the last one, <laughs> right? It's an entire year of like over a hundred losses. And then he's like, I'll be the first one to say anyways. I mean, at least he said it, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have much more to say than that. You know, it, obviously action speed, speak louder than words and hopefully in the end 
we see a priority in winning, a priority in spending, a priority in putting the best pro- the best product we can at the time on the field. I def- I know people are going to want to talk about the you know new MLB pipeline rankings, which I think are good, but also kind of bad. Um, and definitely will play into the calculus, like Jed says, in terms of you know what the Cubs can count on moving forward, and especially into 2023. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, at, at least you said it. You know what? And I know everyone's going to say, well, you can't trust Tom Ricketts. You can't trust that family. They're going to go back on everything they said, which is a very valid argument. But at least they admitted it. And at least there's some semblance of standard in his mind that uh, in terms of what the Cubs should be on a year in year out basis. And then a little bit more from, um, well, now this one from maybe not from Jed, but Korea is expected to opt out and you know, there's going to be, like I said, they're going to be ready to spend this off season. We've talked about it a ton. Uh, I don't think we need to go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're on the, I feel like we we've, We've touched the the shortstop thing. I will say though, um, I know Nico isn't in the top five yet of shortstops in the MLB, at least in terms of F four. But I'm the more and more this goes on, the the harder I find it would be to uh, move Nico from short. I think he's that good at short. I think he's that steady of a you know defensive player, and I love the bat. I think I don't. I think Nico's the one guy on the team that probably would receive the least amount of criticism from Cubs fans because I tweeted this out last week. He's the guy that every Cubs fan has been looking for for the last seven years, right? Great defender, athletic, smart, puts the ball in play, gets big knocks. Granted, he's not a big power hitter, but his game isn't predicated on that. It seemed like we were looking for that guy forever. And Nico's here and he's doing it. And I hope he can replicate it and this becomes his production moving forward. But, man, what a great promising season for Nico. And I said it myself. I was kind of worried about him because, you know, going into the first half of this year, he was kind of like middling in terms of like still a below average hitter, playing good defense. But we're all wondering, is the back going to come around? Like, is it sustainable to just be a singles hitter? And he's he's proving us that he can, again, hit to a high average, get on base enough, but also provide enough power to be a very productive offensive player. And I'll say it again. He is like, he probably would receive the least amount of criticism from any Cubs fans out there because we've been waiting for a guy like that for so long. And this move seems really inconsequential and everyone was kind of like joking about it because we picked up a guy when this season was already gone, but I mean, Framel's been fun to watch. Nice guy in the clubhouse. He has been fun to watch. I just don't want to get too attached. Um, you know, as this goes on, I don't want to get too attached to these guys that hit homers in, in short numbers or, or in, in a short amount of games. That doesn't mean I'm discrediting what he's done, but uh, I'm trying not to get too attached too early. And we'll speak to that in terms of some of these prospects uh, as well because, you know, big leaguers will uh, – will break your heart and prospects will break your heart as well. Just I'm saying that because I looked at some of these guys and how they're hitting in the minor leagues right now. And it just was kind of a gut punch. I'm not going to lie, but we'll, 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 we'll sift through that as we go through today. Of course. And Christopher Morales continues, continues to be 
uh, an exciting guy to watch. I think uh, consistently exciting is what I say. You know, he's been maybe consistently good, maybe up and down, but always a nice guy to watch in the Cubs. He's the best. He's the best. Giving hugs to everybody. He's the best. I love it. Yeah, he's just he's just a morale guy, Christopher Morale through and through. All right, I only we're not a Bears people. podcast, but touch on. I, oh, again, it's getting a little bit colder on the weekends, and Twitter seems to flip to blue and orange a little bit quicker because both our teams. Well, the Sox are a little bit back, but I think people are ready for the Bears too. I'm ready for the Bears too. I uh, if we're gonna finish on this before we get into the the uh, you know everyone chiming in. Um, yeah, it was great to watch Justin Fields. Um, I cannot stand with the Chicago Park District, and I know I'm the you know billionth person to say this. It's an absolute joke that we have you know our supposed next franchise quarterback having to play on that terrible field, regardless if it's preseason, first seat, first regular season game, postseason. It's an absolute joke. I know I'm the trillionth person to say that. I just want to echo that point, and it pissed me off, the fact that we have Justin Fields, you know, we're showcasing Justin Fields, you know, to, again, NFL football, and he's got to play on that absolute dirt track. It's a it's a joke. That's all I have to say. All I have to say for right now, I want to get into this. All it needs to be said. Up. All, all right, we'll open, up, we'll open up the clubhouse now. First, bring it on Cody from CHGO. What's up, Cody? How you doing? Dom, you guys there? Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing, guys? Uh, I loved uh, you guys' conversation about Harry Carey and the Field of Dreams. I kind of forgot about it. Uh, thanks for reminding me because I, I had got it out of my head. Um, anyway, that, I thought the Field of Dreams game actually was, uh, you know, cons- all things considered where both those teams are, it was a, su- a success for the game. Uh, I don't think it's going to, I guess, grow the game because both teams weren't good. But I think if you are a dad or someone like that and you have a kid and you're trying to get them interested in the game of baseball, maybe you turn that on and maybe it changes. I don't know. I just thought, you know, I thought going into that that day, I thought that the Cubs were just going to be uh, or both the Cubs and the Reds were going to be uh, like a laughing stock on social media that night. And. I, maybe it's because the game was actually okay. There weren't like a bunch of errors or anything like that, so the the game was okay. Uh, maybe that's why that it wasn't. But uh, yeah, Harry Carey definitely the the biggest uh, like what the fuck thing from that <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I, you know, other than that, I you know, I the Cubs are playing okay right now, and I'm you know, I know the schedule's been soft. Their their second half schedule is actually really soft uh, the rest of the way. Um, which gives me hope that, you know, maybe 100 losses aren't on the way. Maybe, you know, I what's the difference between 190 losses? I don't know. All I know is that. Well, there's a big, the, the seeing the triple digits in the L. Right. Seeing there's the a mental digits. game. You know, because here's the thing, Cody. When you see like 70 and 90, you're like, man, we really weren't that close. In five. We were pretty close to, uh, to 500. And that just mentally – that makes you feel a lot better. A hundred <laughs> triple digits is like is very defeating. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I've been preaching it at, at the office. I'm like, we got this whole stick going about the march to 63, and it's like, man, with the way they're playing right now, we might we might get to 70. I don't know, but well, Co- just I mean, you'll agree with me. 
even if it's an eight-game difference, 70 and 92 looks so much better than 62 and 100. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, you know, I I like how things are kind of going. I, you know, I – We've been talking a lot about, like, why the hell Rafael Ortega is on this roster at this point. Yeah, he's got to go. Yeah. He's got to go. And, yeah. and, like, like at first it was kind of like my own shtick, but, like, he legit was playing better than Christian Yelich in some aspects at the beginning of the season. No, yeah, no. For, like, two months. And I really thought the Cubs could have moved him for literally anything. Like, if you could trade Dixon Machado to the Giants for whatever the hell they got back, like, I wouldn't have even cared what they got for Rafael Ortega. That would have been a successful trade no matter what, considering the career Rafael Ortega has had. And then they yeah, didn't move him, and now he's created a logjam. And you can't even argue about him and being like the left-handed bat because you picked up McKinstry, who at least is young and has a little bit more upside. So I'm just like, that's like that's now like it, it's so crazy how it's gone from like, Jonathan VR to Andrelton Simmons to like all these <laughs> other dudes that I'm like, like I feel bad because they're human beings, but like they make me hate them so easily, even though like it doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but it matters in the sense of like, you know, he's taking it bats away from Morrell. He's taking it bats away from Nelson Velasquez. He's taking it bats away from other guys that are in Iowa. Like that should be yeah. on the roster at this point. So I, yeah, it's, sure. it's just frustrating and again, I feel bad for hating on the guy because, like, he's a you know seasoned veteran, been had a long journey, all that bullshit. But like, I'm just done with him, dude. I'm done with him. No, I hear you. It's uh, listen, I I hate that. And again, I know the Cubs are in a position where they are trying to be this, but I hate that we're you know offering up jobs to uh, we're we're offering up jobs like we're the Miami Marlins, right? And it's like your last stop to try to stay in the big leagues, you know, and get your last look uh, to see if you can extend your career. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. Rafael Ortega doesn't have a place on this roster. I hope that changes soon. Um, you know, again, we talked about it last week. Would love to see a few more guys come up. Matt Mervis, if he's going to be hitting this hot, like, let's let him do it in the big leagues, man. If it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. The best place to show that you can actually compete is the big league level. There's no reason to be stashing guys in Iowa right now when you're not trying to win. Um, and, you know, when you're looking at the rest of the minor league system, we're going to need some young guys to come out, come up and do their thing and actually produce because there are a few guys in the minor leagues right now that aren't playing as hot or as well as we would have liked at this time in their minor league career. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just, uh, again, it just doesn't make any sense to me and, like, I don't know if it's a Jed thing or if it's a Ross thing. And, like, you know, I've been trying to give Ross, like, the benefit of the doubt because he just wasn't giving anything. Uh, and I know we've talked about that before where it's, like, hard to, I guess, grade his performance as a manager with yeah. the roster. But, like, like even today, like, like he, in, in, in this game, like, Ortega has that – awful base running decision last night and then Ross puts him back in the lineup today and it's like I thought he was hired as the manager because he's he's about all about uh being accountable and stuff like that and that base running decision was so bad yeah but he's back in the lineup and it just it is it is it is it because he's like a veteran guy like because he did this with so many other guys who are no longer on the roster finally like 
like, if there's anything that I'm hopeful for David Ross is that, like, next year, like, please improve on that aspect of, of your way of being the manager. Because it just feels like he he caters to the veterans a lot more. And that's fine when your team is good and you're winning. But the team this team is clearly about, like, developing young players at this point. So, Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason to be like, uh, well, I mean, you should always be like the player first manager, but at the same time, if you're not holding them accountable, then you're running a show like Tony Larusa. And while the White Sox have won a few more games, or I think they're like on a five game winning streak or something, you obviously don't want that. I totally agree, Cody. We'll see awesome, what happens. Man. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, God bless you and your family. Uh, thanks for thanks, letting me in this in the space. Uh, we'll talk again next week, my God man. God bless my man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Cody. Uh, next in, we get the shoot man. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up? Uh, I just want to give a quick shout-out to David Ross. Uh, last week in the Field of Dreams game, when uh, Wilson went down and looked like he was going to be out, um, I think a lot of managers in that position will go ahead and play it safe and take him out. Um, but I feel like Rossi realizes that's a big spot. For Contreras, you know, it's something he's been looking forward to. And uh, Wilson says he's good to go, and he leaves him in the lineup. And I feel like we should give some credit to David Ross there. You know, I understand that. I think, you know, for Wilson, too, he could, he probably looks at that game like his, his last big, like, national appearance on TV, considering the Cubs are playing irrele- irrelevant baseball right now. Now, I hope, you know, he was – really was fine and there is no lingering effects but at the same time you know what if Wilson wants to play and everything checks out I hear you on that yeah and I think that just uh goes to show how much of a player's manager David Ross is and uh you know I agree with the with the last caller I feel like there's been a lot of things that make you scratch your head but uh I'm I'm happy to have David Ross as my manager yeah, I do too. I Listen, I have nothing bad to say about David. Um, there are some things here and there, but listen, before we really criticize David or really analyze how he is as a manager, he needs a, as is as a manager, he needs a full big league roster um, that's actually looking to compete uh, with the front office backing before we do that. And hopefully that happens soon. It should happen next year. I keep saying it, 2023 should be the year that you're at least somewhat competitive and competitive enough in the NL Central. Absolutely. And on that note, I want to bring up uh, Nico Horner at shortstop. Um, while everybody seems to be on board with going and getting one of these big free agent shortstops, I really want to use that money to go out and buy pitching, go out and buy a corner infielder. I love Nico at the shortstop position, and I feel like he's earned that spot this year. Now I will say that I don't think the Cub, I don't think Cubs fans should have to choose between the two. I do hear what you're saying though, and I agree that the shortstop position uh, isn't a necessary need we need to fill right now. Grant, you always want to be, um, you know, solid up the middle of the field. You could always switch Nico to second. You'd have a really dynamic, you know, second base tandem that kind of throws Madrigal out of the mix. Regardless, uh, I don't think the Cubs should have to choose. But the biggest thing is they have to bolster starting pitching if they don't do that then we're i don't want to say we're in the same position but you know we we really don't have a paddle to to use next year if we don't have starting pitching we need it 
I completely agree. And uh, last thing, shout out to Carter Hawkins. I feel like with the update of the uh, pipeline, the top 30 prospects, I feel like you're already seeing his fingerprints on our farm system with the pitching staff. And sure. I feel like we're moving in the right direction, especially with the young pitching. Uh, also, shout out Justin Steele. Just goes out there and absolutely shoves. What a bulldog. I love that guy. Such a bulldog. He's, yeah, he's the best. He- Listen, he's the best. I feel like he's not even pitching with a full repertoire right now. He's Again, he's pitching with, like, two pitches, he'd say differently. But the fact that he's able to go out there and miss bats every single night is absolutely fantastic. And you're right. The Cubs are in a much better position than they are in terms of pitching development, in terms of uh, pitching talent compared to 10 years ago. They just need to, A, get some bigger prospects, some more talented prospects, some bigger name prospects. Um and B, some of these minor league hitters got to produce a little bit more than what they're doing right now. But I agree. Thanks. All right, next Thanks, in, yeah. we got Trevor. Trevor, then Big Hoss, and then uh, Certified Fire Nagy Boy. What is up, Dom and friends? How are we doing today? I, I, I will say this. Steel Day is my favorite day to circle on the calendar whenever he's pitching because he is electric and he truly shoves, shoves. the opponent. He shoves, and I, I look forward to those days every time. Um, speaking of pitching, um, I saw that they were like looking at the international prospect from Japan. Yep. Are we just are we taking every international prospect since we just don't want to overpay um, the current free agent realm for for pitching that we desperately need? Would you say? I think the Cubs are definitely looking, yes, deeply into it. I've said it before, and I think everyone would agree now. When you're looking at the Cubs' free agent tendencies. Um, it obviously changed after, uh, the Jason Hayward contract. I hope that does not say the same, but I think, yes, the Cubs are in every single international free agent market or, you know, talking to every possible international free agent that meets the market on any given year. Um, now listen, I don't want to be the guy that, you know, puts the wet blanket on say Suzuki. Um, he is having a tough year and it's not really it's not really getting any better. Um, it's been like a slow decline to getting close to being a below average bat in the big leagues, which especially after the start, like I, I know say it wasn't going to be an MVP candidate and everyone knew that, but I thought he'd be at least more consistent. Um, and he has a good chunk of at bats under his belt. Now, again, not writing them off, but there's going to be some changes that have to be made. Um, and it just kind of puts everything into perspective in terms of the talent gap between, you know, what's going on in Japan or Korea, whatever other league that we're talking about, and obviously the big leagues. It, it's such a huge discrepancy. Not right and say off, but he really is struggling right now. And as I tweeted the other night, it would be fantastic if he kind of stopped treading water and began to swim again so we could have some positive things happen to finish off his 2022 campaign. Yeah, definitely. Um, As someone who's going to be down here watching irrelevant baseball in Miami between the Cubs and the Marlins, I would like to see Seiya Suzuki do really well to finish strong in the season. We need it. Um, we really do. Um, as, so, as I know the shortstop position is a mini fry, prize for age. I think we need more of a corner infielder because I currently like the, the Madrigal-Horner connection. I think a third baseman or a first baseman will be clutch, especially um, – Patrick Wisdom loves to strike out like 
like crazy to me. I would like to get someone who makes more contact. And Reyes has been a bright eye to have as a DH guy. I like I'll say that for sure. Yeah, we listen. I, I'm not knocking Pat Wisdom, but I just think our expectations should be a little bit higher than trying to expect Pat Wisdom to hold down a starting spot next year if we're really trying to compete. If if we're in a position again like this year, and you're like, all right, we're we're not trying again, then I guess theoretically it makes sense to have Pat Wisdom here or Pat Wisdom play every day. But if Pat Wisdom is slated for your you know everyday spot, and you're also telling fans that you're trying to compete. I really don't buy that. We talked about it last week. There's a few guys on this roster that if you're giving like straight up starting spots to right off the bat, it's kind of a sign that things haven't changed yet. And I hope that's not the case for next year. Definitely. Um, are we expecting a long-term contract? Would we say for Ian Happ? Because I think he's like the one true marketable player that's that we need to have to buy tickets. Am I right? You know, I don't know if he's the one true guy. I mean, I think people would say Wilson. I, I don't I don't know what the holdup on Ian Happ is now. I feel like he's changed his game to exactly what the Cubs are looking for. Switch hitter, can play multiple positions, puts the ball in play, can still hit for power. He's hitting for a high average. Um, listen, fans want to get on him for not being the clutchest player at times and, and, you know, hitting or getting more RBIs on a consistent basis. Other than that, there's really not too much to say about the guy. He's having a fantastic year. He's been an all-star. He's going to finish with probably close to four wins in terms of F4. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what the holdup is. I don't think it'd be too expensive. I don't want to sell him short. He'd probably say differently after having a really good season in terms of what he believes he's worth. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I just don't understand why that hasn't happened before. Uh, and hopefully that changes. But we'll see. I, listen, Jed and Co. are savages when it comes to negotiating. And I don't think that part has necessarily changed. Granted, you know, things could have changed in terms of their outlook on when they want to compete. And Ian plays a role in that. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. Definitely for sure. Um, thank you as always. God bless you and your family. God bless. Appreciate it. Thanks, Trevor. All right, next in, Big Hoss. How's it going, Dom? How's What's going? up, Big Hoss? Man, four straight series wins where everything's trending pretty good. I'm liking Madrigal. Madrigal's getting hot. Uh, here's my one thing. If you had if you had to pick between your marquee shortstop or your you're basically you're talking about if, if 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 you have to sign one of those marquee shortstops, would you do you believe they'll they'll move them to third base? And keep Nico at short. Let's say you sign Bogarts. Would you move? You'd move him to third base, wouldn't you? I, listen, I think if the Cubs are going to give, if the Cubs are going to go down the road they did in 2021, or yeah, 2021, and basically try to make a point of emphasis, and Jed said himself to make a more well-rounded team. I think you have to give Nick Madrigal a chance to play second base. Now, I'm not saying. You're going to change the trajectory of like a really good player like a Carlos Correa or a Xander Bogarts and force him to third base. But I just think it's kind of hard. If you want to have a team that's going to be more well-rounded and you do believe in the bat that Nick Magical has, you kind of have to give him a chance to play second base every day. And it would make sense to move a guy like Correa or Bogarts to third base. Considering how well Nico has been playing, if something happens to Nico, he can always go back to the, you know, that, uh, Big time shortstop could always go back to short. 
I feel like that would be the best way to go about it. Um, I can see that changing as well in terms of which type of guy they get out of the four big names. Um, but at the same time, I think it would make a lot of sense. And I do think Nick Madrigal deserves a little bit more of a shot than what he's shown. I know a lot of fans have written him off so far, but I think he has a skill set that can, that is really what the Cubs want um, and would be worth having on an everyday basis. If he's playing well, which he, he has a, he has a very small margin of error with his type of game. He, he's got to be getting on base and he's got to be getting hits. If he's not, then he's pretty much useless. And personally, I, when I was looking at the new top 30 list, I love that we got like five starting five pitchers in like the top 10. I agree. I, but- I think that's that's really nice. I'm excited for Ferris. That's going to be fun. Big Hoss, the problem is, I know I've been, well, I've been waiting to talk about this. Three top prospect or three prospects in the top 100 is kind of tough. It's not enough. We should be, we should be in a better position. I know I tweeted out the, uh, you know, where. I know, I, I know we only got three, but I think I seen we were ranked number nine in MLB and in, in, uh, in a farm system with MLB. Yo, and yeah. I think, the and I think baseball, there. I think baseball America got us at like six. I believe. Fan, so I Fangraphs think, depending has who you look four, at. I checked uh, yesterday. Fangraphs has us at four, which is great. I think the Cubs have a super deep system, but I, Again, if we're looking back to 10 years ago, the Schwarbers, the the Baez's, the Chris Bryant's, obviously, those were big-time names. And in the end, I think we can all relate to this, you need some big-time players if you want to be a big-time team. It's, it's, just, matter, it's just a matter of fact, um, and it's hard to come by. I'm not saying they don't have really good players in the farm system, but if you want to be a team that can – a, spend aggressively, and we know that's going to be a problem with the Frigates family. You're going to need to have superstar young players that are obviously cost-controllable. Um, and I don't want to say that's not the case right now, but we just don't have those big-time names in the system. P- PCA looks great. Brennan Davis looks great. But they, I, I don't know we can say – I don't know if we can say that they're, you know, an Addison Russell type back then or a Chris Bryant or Javi Baez type back then. Yeah, I, I – I... I, I get you on that one. Uh, yeah. I appreciate we'll you. It, it's always fun listening in. Thanks, Big Hoss. I appreciate it. All right. And uh, last chance for certified fire naggy boy. Any any last comments? Yeah, just to uh, – hello? What's Here? up? Yeah. Hey, just to p- piggyback a little bit on what you guys were talking about. I agree, you know. We don't have certified studs in the minors. We have a deep minor system, sure – but they're all guys that you need to develop and develop uh, thoroughly. Yeah. And you need those guys to exceed all of, you know, all of the expectations that were given to them, which is really difficult because even if you had like top prospects, like we did with Russell and Baez and all those guys, even, even those guys tend to not pin out most of the time. For sure. So, so we're looking at, at, at an off season that we really do need to like, I mean, I, I know Nico's doing great at short. You know, he's great defensively. He's spraying the ball all over the place. But honestly, that's what we want Nick Madrigal to turn into, you know. And, and I, I just don't see, like, an infield with a, with a Nick Madrigal and a, and a Nico who doesn't hit for power. Um, really, really, you know, really putting us over the top like that. So I think we need a spend for our shortstop, uh, a power-hitting shortstop, and move Nico second, who obviously he's a gold lover. Um, and and move from there. It's just that our infield it, it's it's not powerful right now, and it's and it's and it's something that we really need to address. 
I get it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand that point. I think if I'm psychoanalyzing Jed, I, I think he just wants the roster when we really are competing to look differently offensively. Like we don't want to have that boom or bust. We don't want to have the, the roster that is like we saw for many of the core four years. It seemed like the only way for us to score was to hit a double or hit a home run. And I, I, I really think that's not what Jed wants. And considering that the shift is going to be in play coming up, there's going to be more of a value for putting the ball in play now. Um, and I think the Cubs are going to be looking for that type of player more than, you know, boomer bust, three-outcome player that we've seen over the last decade of Major League Baseball. But we'll see how it goes. I'm not saying you're wrong either. No, yeah, I completely forgot about the banning the shift part of the of, of the game. That's going to be very interesting, and that will be telling uh, moving forward. Um, For sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just Nick Magical, he's such a uh, frustrating player because uh, you know he was a highly touted prospect or whatever, and and, not, and we didn't give up much for him, right? But just you hope that he turns into what Nico is, and and you hope that Nico maybe gets a little bit more pop in him. Um, I know that's a little bit, you know, a lot to ask for a guy, but I, ju- I just don't see Nico and Magical in the same infield, um, you know, with this team. Well, I think going back, I mean, you did give up Craig Kimbrell, who was the best relief pitcher at the time, which is a pretty high-priced commodity. Obviously, Craig hasn't figured himself out since. Um, he obviously has a mental block uh, in specific places he pitches and has to be super comfortable to perform. Regardless, um, I don't know if Nico will ever. I don't think. I, I don't think Nick will ever have the the ceiling that Nico has because he's not as athletic. He's not as good of a defender. He's not as quick. Uh, he just doesn't have the athletic ability Nico has. But I do think he can be a more than a serviceable player. And if again, like I said earlier, if he's getting on, if he's getting on base and he's getting hits, then his value's there. If he's not, then like I said super small margin of error and he's pretty much useless if he's not doing that so we'll see how it plays out i mean he's proven that he can hit in the big leagues he just has to he just has to do it consistently to see any value from him playing every day man bottom line bro the fucking cubs gotta spend some money this offseason i agree we, we, we need some fucking batters man this is ridiculous and we need honestly we need some pitchers too honestly no we need pitching we need pitching you know, if they resign fucking Willie and even even Hap, and you sign a couple pitchers and maybe a big bat, dude, in this division, you're back in it. Absolutely. It's so frustrating. You're back in. No, you're you're totally right. I mean, this division is is not like anything to be scared of, and the Cubs have every single opportunity and every single chance to be relevant and at least competitive in this division. There's no reason that the Cubs should be scared of the Milwaukee Brewers and St. Louis Cardinals, even though they've done fantastic with Goldschmidt and Arenado. They found a way to, you know, be consistent. They found a way to be competitive in some semblance year in, year out. Um, There's no reason the Cubs should be scared of that. We should be outspending and financially strong-arming every single team in our division, and that should be like that every single year from now until this league stops. I agree. That's all. Anyways, thanks for having thank me. Thank you. All right, Fred. Anything else you want to touch on before we take it all, Garden? Um, I think I talked. I, I talked about the top one hundred. Pro- no, last thing is, I just want pe- again. 
I'm not writing off the the U Darvish return. I know Owen Casey um, has potential. I know he's you know flashed some really good numbers in the minor leagues. Um, but if you look at that trade right now, it kind of hurts. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of hurts because you uh, had a solid season last year. He's having a better season this year. And when we're looking at the Cubs, I've said it a billion times, we need starting pitching so bad. And he could have been the guy that at least could have bridged the gap to the next Cubs team because, listen, I know Smiley's pitched all right. I know Stroman's been all right. I know Steele has been solid. He's not an ace, though. I know Keegan's been solid. He's not an ace, though. We've been missing that, you know, guy who takes the ball every fifth day, which you has done at 34, 35, now 36 years old. He's throwing harder than he did as a 25, 26-year-old. Like, he's – like, when when you go back and look at some of these big-name guys, I'm not saying he's Clayton Kershaw. I'm not saying he's Max Scherzer. But he fits that mold of these guys that can do it in their, their older years. The Justin Verlanders, who's, like, absolutely ridiculous at what he's doing for at 38 or 39 years old. Like, you, I believe, is one of those guys. He's still pumping 95 and – God, I, I just miss I miss him because he was such a fun cub to watch and he could he and he could have helped this team so much. And when you look at the top 30 prospects right now and only one of them is in there and you look at the rest of the guys and they look like they could be out of minor league baseball in a couple of years considering how bad they're playing, man, that's tough to swallow. It's really tough to swallow. I'm not gonna lie. And it was you did you say happy birthday yet? I, I, his birthday was yesterday. Said happy birthday, of course. He's the first. They're the first morale family. I love that family. Fantastic. All right, who are you taking to Olive Garden this week as a token of your appreciation? <sighs> who am I taking to Olive Garden? Adam, I feel like I'm running out of players, my man. Um, you got the same lines every week. I, I, well, you don't need to just to do players. You don't have to, you know, limit yourself. These um, are just morale oh, people. I'm taking, I'm taking the guy. I'm taking the guy that puts down the hundred thousand in the World Series. Have to. Again, it's a ridiculous bet, but I I can appreciate ridiculous optimism considering I've been I've been uh, labeled the by many as the you know complaining Cubs fan and the and the you know downer Cubs fan always negative all the time. I love just irrational optimism in the guy that put that bet down. I hope it's a real bet. I'm taking him to, I'm taking him to Olive Garden because you know what? While the Cubs have no ch- chance, they still do have a chance, and I can appreciate that. Uh, I can appreciate blind optimism and blind hope in this team. It's always why it's Cubs and four forever. We never care who we play, um, and I want to take that guy to Olive Garden, treat him to some breadsticks, treat him to some great – you know, soup and salad, and uh, go from there. I can't imagine what dinner with that guy would be like. I feel <laughs> like that everyone has a friend in their friend group who just, like, builds up a parlay of underdogs on, like, an NFL Sunday and just says, Justin like, Steele. you know, what if, though, dude? What if? And they just see, like, the plus money, and they start typing in, like, random wagers, and, like, if I did this, though, if it hit, that's what the guy did probably. I know. And then I just know. click that. Yeah, good for that guy. Good that's for that guy. That could be a great dinner. Yeah, though, that, that's all I got. Good for that guy. All right, take us out. Um, who do we have? Who do we have these next couple weeks or this next upcoming week? We got Baltimore, and then who's the – who do we have next? The Brew Crew. The Brew Crew. Oh, this is what I want to finish on. 
I knew I wanted to say this, and I'll tweet this out shortly. It is so sad what Christian Yelich has become to. We are going on almost, let me see, we're going on almost 400 games where Christian Yelich has basically been a replacement level player at the big league level. And he's out tweeting, making fun of himself that the fact that he has only hit nine home runs in the middle to late of August. It's an absolute joke. And I'm sad for the guy because this was all manageable. He All he had to do was put on the bad news shirt. Speaking of bad news, all he had to do was put on the bad news shirt. He told me to my face that he would put on the bad news shirt. Obviously lied about that. And he's had to pay the price to now where he's finding comic relief in terms of people making fun of him because he totally lost his power and totally forgot how to be a like good big league player. It, it's just an absolute joke. It's sad. That contract, I know the Cubs had a terrible contract in Jason Hayward. That contract might be as worse and will be more disappointing if he doesn't figure it out and finally puts on the bad new shirt because he is trending downwards. He's been trending downwards since 2020. He's been trending downwards ever since he sent that tweet about bad news that no one needs help facing you. It's been a sure and steady decline. And the fact that we see him now making jokes about him only hitting nine home runs by August 17th in the season is an absolute joke. I feel bad for the guy. I don't hate the guy. I I hate the fact that he's been cursed now, but he's done it to himself and he should have put the bad news shirt on immediately when he told me he was going to put it on. We sent him the shirt. He said he was going to wear it. He never did. And now he's cursed. And frankly, he's just a replacement level player. And that's just a fact. To be clear, You've tried to help him, and you're so trying I to help him. I have tried to help him. I've and I, civil, I have a Venmo request cordial, sitting out. $50 I spent on yes. the T-shirts delivered in Milwaukee. Yeah, I spent out of my pocket. I know. I know. This is on him and only him. If people are going to come at me saying, I put this on him, no, I did not put this on him. He had to pay a debt that he owed, and he said he would pay it. And the fact that he hasn't, this has been going, going over a year now since he said it to my face. He said it to my face. Last July, when I was up in Milwaukee for my friend's bachelor party, and I had to go to I had to go to Wrigley North to watch a White Sox Brewers game, and the fact that he said it to my face said yes, I'll put it on. You like it? Let's get this done already. And he hasn't put it on. Listen, the stats speak for itself. I've been trying to help him. I've been civil. I've been cordial. I've been pretty respectful, and he's chosen not to do that, and he's facing the consequences. I've said it. Consistently with Christian Yelich, actions have consequences, and that's proven to be true over the last three seasons. It's a shame. It's a true shame. All right, before we take this out, uh, everybody that's listening that now. That was my on... takeout. Okay. Before we officially take out, though, uh, everyone's listening now, and people are listening on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, please let us know what you think. Give us ratings on iTunes and on Twitter because I drag – Dom into these clubhouses every week and he's a busy guy and he's like, I don't want to do it. And I make him do it. So no, I don't say that us... I don't want to do it. Well, you know, you're a busy guy. So anyways, give us your feedback, give us your ratings. Uh, we like to know what you think. We had a lot of ghost listeners right now, people listening. And then we don't hear from you. I love to hear the people in the clubhouse talking. Thanks for joining this week. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks again, everybody. Cubs and four. Uh, God bless your family. We'll be back again. Have a good one. Chicago Dubbies. See you, Red. Absolutely. See ya.